Well, I wandered so aimless, not filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow. What a joy it's been this week to be in the house of God and celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ in this Revive Rutherford County, Reach Rutherford Revival Meeting. And I've enjoyed it this week. I've been blessed. And I thank God for the privilege to preach to you good people tonight. Uh, we've heard some good preaching. A lot of good singing, a lot of great worship we've had this week. This doesn't happen much anymore, and it's our loss. And I pray and hope that we can do it again right here. I love this place. I've held since the presence of the Lord since the first night we got here. And I have looked forward to each night. And I appreciate you all that have been here each night and several nights. And if it's your first night, God bless you. Because you, you've made an effort this week. I know what it's like. Some of you's worked hard and uh, you've sacrificed. And we'll be talking about the great need of today in a few moments. But I want to thank Main Street Baptist Church for the hospitality here. From the welcome from the time, first time we come in and letting us come here all week long in this beautiful facility. Uh, plans were to be out under a tent. I'm so thankful that, that somebody said, let's go to a building. Because it, it was 95 degrees yesterday when I pulled in this parking lot. Can you imagine that under that plastic tent all week long? I love the air conditioning. That's the spirit of the Lord. So I'm so thankful for whoever made it possible for us to come here and comfortable each night to, so that I could listen and I didn't have to swat bugs or mosquitoes or deal with fire ants and all that kind of stuff under the tent. But I love the tent. I hope we'll be back under it. But thank you for letting us come. And the great music that you all did all week long and each night the people that sung. Thank you so much. You blessed my heart. Good preaching also, wasn't it? And that's why I told them when they asked me, I said, just put me for Friday night. I mean, it's Friday night. Uh, uh, I didn't want any of the younger preachers to be discouraged if there wasn't but a handful here. So I said, I I'm kind of used to it. It won't bother me. I preach, I prepare and preach the same way, whether it's 10, 100, or 1,000. I preach the same way, same message. I, I just love people. If you're here, you were obedient to the Spirit of the Lord. If you're here, you was obedient. And God's got something for you. And I take that serious. And any time that you're under my preaching, I take it serious. I'll stand before God and give an account one day. And I'm going to try my best to stick to the truth in this blessed book. So that when you're before the Lord and I'm before the Lord, we can give thumbs up, all right? We're all right. And uh, when one of my dear church members passes away, I always go back and I think, what was the last message they heard me preach? What was the last words that I give them before they went out into eternity? I take it seriously. Oh, my. But that was good preaching all week, wasn't it? So I got to thinking about what the Lord laid on my heart several weeks ago. And I even told our men a couple of months ago when I knew I'd be preaching, this is the message I believe the Lord would give us. I didn't preach it to them. I just gave them the scripture and asked them to pray for me. Then after hearing that good preaching all week long, you know, you think, my, 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 I better go polish up a little bit. I better, but I, I'm the same all the time. And, but it's a story that I use. I read about 
the great theologian Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus, one sunny afternoon, were laying out in a grassy meadow looking up into the into the sky, into the clouds. And a cluster of clouds came by and Charlie Brown said, look at that. What does those clouds remind you of? What do they look like? He said, what about you, Lucy? What does those clouds look like to you? And she said, Charlie Brown, they look like maybe the ancient ruins of Athens. Are Greek. Charlie Brown looked over at her like, wow. He said, what about you, Linus? And Linus said, well, Charlie Brown, to me, they look like multiple angelic beings giving praise to the Almighty. Charlie Brown looked over at him like, wow. And then it was silence, and they said, well, Charlie Brown, what about you? <laughs> he said, well, I was going to say a horsey or a ducky, <laughs> but since what y'all said, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> but after that good preaching, you're still going to get what the Lord laid on our heart, all right? Turn in your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Our subject tonight is with Jesus. With Jesus. Acts chapter 4. Once you find your place, I'll ask you to stand for just a moment as we read Acts chapter 4 and just one verse. But we'll be talking about chapters 3 and 4, trying to bring some things out that will encourage us and help us as we listen to God tonight. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. If you have your place, would you say amen? amen. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. And now for a few moments, the preaching of his gospel. You may be seated. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. That somebody would take knowledge of me that I have been with Jesus. That somebody would take knowledge of you in your everyday life that you have been with Jesus. What a difference we would make, I would make, if people, when they saw me, that knew me, would have nothing but thoughts of their own truth that I had been with Jesus. Church, help us to let this world see people that have been with Jesus. I give you this message tonight in, in the fact that I know that you're, you're the core, probably of your fellowship. You're the ones that keeps it going. You're probably the ones that are counted on. And guess what? Our time's not up and our work's not done till Jesus calls us home. We got to keep doing it. And we do it over and over and over and over and over. Because somebody new always comes in as we reach out with the gospel of Christ. There's always going to be that one that says, what's going on? There's always that one that's out there that, that God is speaking to because I know because we're praying for God to speak to individuals. There's people on my prayer list. There's themes on my prayer list. And I believe we still have a God that hears and answers prayer. And there's a God that deals with prayer in a way that you and I, I don't think we understand it all yet. The way God works. Right when I think I've got him figured out, he amazes me one more time. 
Right when I think I've got it all together and I'm the spiritual giant I need to be, God shows me one more time, yeah, I've got a long way to go. And I thank God that, that he's that honest with me, that he shows me himself. And the scripture Pastor read Wednesday night and preached some on and Pastor last night, that if we pray and seek his face, and dear friend, I don't know if you've ever prayed that far that you're with him. Our church prayers sometimes are religious. Sometimes they're small. But I'm talking about that time that you needed God so, so badly, so in your life that you stayed on your knees or you prayed till, till you got a hold of God. I mean, you got into his presence. And I've always preached this and taught this to my fellowship that when you finally get to God and you're in his presence, I mean, your prayers are touching him and you're in his holy presence. Guess what's going to happen? Yourself's going to be revealed. Anytime I've ever got that close to him, it's my sins and my failures that God brings the attention to because I have reached his holiness. And then it's me standing in the need of prayer. I don't think we pray long enough to get there. I believe we pray probably every day, several times a day, but I challenge you tonight, take a time in the near future to say, God, I'm praying till I get you. Wow. Pray, stay there till you get him. It'll change your prayer life. He'll change you. It starts out this way in chapter 3 of Acts. Now, I'll go quickly. And I'm always reminded we have to get out by 12. I'm reminded of that. So, <laughs> hang on. It's Friday night. It come to my attention that we pull this revival meeting off. Is it six nights we've been? Five, six? Six nights. And we haven't eaten one time. <laughs> My, have we backslid or are we right on target? What about that? We haven't even eaten one time. Let's go to eat afterwards. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, this story starts. This is why it got them to the point to where these now, it was the religious people, the scribes are, are the priests, and the Sadducees are the ones that took knowledge that Peter and John had been with Jesus. And these are men that which they hadn't known they'd been with Jesus. These are men that didn't want this to happen. And for them to say this, it's a, it's a great lesson for us to learn. And it all starts right here in chapter 3. And I'll try to be brief in this story. But you that know your Bible, our Lord had come. They, these same people that said these men have been with Jesus are the ones that crucified my Lord. Because they wanted to get rid of the Lord Jesus Christ and his movement. So they had this bright idea, it'll be us that crucifies him. All of God's great plan for him to come down to man to rescue you and I. But these men thought, thinking they're the ones we're going to crucify him. If we kill him, we can stop the movement. And so you know the story. Christ was crucified. And after he gave up the ghost on the cross, after thinking these men think they killed him, Christ gave up the ghost. He said, it's finished. These men thinking they're in charge and done this great thing, it's all God's plan. And Jesus gave up the ghost, but after Jesus died on the cross, taking your sins and my sins, <laughs> they think, well, 
you know, the ones that buried him, but these same men, these religious leaders said, now we heard him say he's going to rise again. Let's put a big stone in front of the tomb. That's how, that's how nervous they were of the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, these men knew a Messiah was come and would come and these that knew the, the, the prophecies and knew the truth, we, we got to stop him. So let's put a stone that no man can move over the tomb. Uh, that didn't comfort them. Let's, let's seal it. <laughs> you, you, can put a, you can put him in a tomb, you can put a rock in front of it, and you can seal it up. You're not going to stop him. And I'm talking about the word of God. You're not going to stop the word of God. World, no matter what you do, devil, no matter what you do, hell, no matter how high you rise, you're not stopping the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's put some guards out there just in case. Oh, my. Oh, my God's a champion. Oh, you can, you, man can try to do anything they want to stop God. They're never going to stop God. And so you know what happens. Our Lord rises. He comes back and shows himself to his disciples. He told them to go to the upper room and pray. They all went and prayed. Uh, the Lord ascended back to the right hand of God the Father. And there he is right now, looking down on Main Street, Baptist Church, saying, I love those people there that have gathered in my name on a Friday night and sitting under the word of God and they're just waiting on some more promises. They're just waiting on some more truth. They're trying to improve their lives for me. They're wanting to keep the gospel message going. They're, they're part of the church and they want to keep their church going till I come for them. And Christ is right here. And the at the end of the scripture I read to you, they said, these men have been with Jesus. Church, I want to remind us tonight, we've been with Jesus this week. The world don't understand that, and you may not understand that, but in these services, I have been with Jesus. He's been in our midst. Through the music, the playing of the instruments, the singing of the songs, our giving, and the preached word, I have experienced my Lord this week. He has spoke to my heart. I've confessed some sin this week. I've been convicted. He has helped me this week. How, how is that possible? I've been in his presence. I've been with Jesus this week. And so our Lord ascends to heaven and he gives that promise, I'm coming back. And he told his followers, now I'm going away. But I'm going to send the comforter. Not many days from now. And y'all just keep praying. Y'all just keep seeking me. And about that time, uh, you can read it in Acts 2. What's the word church? What is it? And suddenly, suddenly it happened. And the Holy Ghost came. Fell upon those people. And they began to go out as witnesses. For the Lord Jesus Christ. What a day. And they spake in everybody's language so everybody could go back to where they were from and tell what they experienced. And after that great witness, Peter got up and preached. And, and you know that thousands got saved, didn't they? They even asked the questions, what must we do? And Peter told them to repent. Don't hear that much no more, do we, church? I tell you, live a repented life. Try, try to do it every day with God. Don't get religious with it. But get in his presence, and I guarantee you he'll point out what we need to work on. That's what he does with me. And so the Lord ascended, spirit came, Peter preached, thousands got saved, and the Bible says, and the Lord added daily to the church. 
as such should be saved. I'm so thankful that's in the Bible. I don't add to the church. You don't add to the church. God adds to the church. God does the saving. God does the converting. I'm just to love everybody. Help them along life's way. Preach this blessed book. So now we're at chapter three. So it's all right. Keep, keep what you're doing outside the church. Now what happens in chapter three? Peter and John went up together into the temple. We're fixing to have some trouble because now they're bringing, listen now, now hang on church, they're bringing the Holy Spirit into the temple. Huh. It's going to cause some religious people some problems right off the bat. But I want to show you in your prayer life, first of all, that God knows about you and I before we even pray. He knows why we come tonight. He knows why we go to him in prayer. He knows what we're going to pray before we come to him. He knows why we bow down to him in our private time and in our public time. Notice what they were doing. They were going into the temple at the hour of prayer. So they were going to pray. But now Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. John is filled with the Holy Spirit. Something's going to be different. And it's different before they even get there because in verse 2, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Religious people going in and out, but this man, all he done was ask for money. Because if you don't have something that is needed, you can't give it away. And in verse 3, it says, and, and seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked alms of them. So he's laying there, and he's been laying there every day, and that's all he does is ask for money. And he's laying there, and here comes Peter and John. And he sees them coming. He said, all right, here comes some, here comes some people. Verse 4, Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. Look on us. Now remember, they've been with Jesus. And when you've been with Jesus, you're qualified to give him away. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto this. Now the man that's is lame, his looks at it. He's thinking, all right, he's, he's seen me and I've seen him and I'm fixing to get some money. He gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? But such as what? I have, I give unto thee. Today's church needs to give Jesus away. But my greatest fear in today's church in a lot of our people, they don't have Jesus to give away. Because you and I that's been born again, we want India to have him. We want South America to have him. We want Russia to have him. We want Rutherford County to have him. So we band together to give him away. What we have, we give. And a lot of people that attend church do not know the mighty presence of Christ and they do not have his spirit to give him away I've been doing this a long time and we, we try to be mindful of our fellowship and I've seen it in today's that churches want to add program after program event after event adding worldly stuff to the fellowship thinking it's going to reach people, secular things implemented in. And that's dangerous in its own, but the hardest thing and the most dangerous thing is that we have put lost people in charge of sharing the gospel 
and they don't even have Christ to give him away to the ones that come to the things we do. Because notice all the events we do now in church, associated with the church. And the world will come. And many times events are held and Christ is not even shared and he's not even given away. Oh, church, let's pray that we stick with what works and that is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. I challenge you to go back to your fellowships and let's stick to the preaching of God's word and his holy scripture. God adds to his church. And so this man that was lame reaches up and he gets hold of Peter and Peter had told him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by thy right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. Maybe you're here tonight and you've had some kind of surgery on your legs or ankles or you've injured your feet, ankles, legs. Maybe you've been put in a cast or you've had surgery and then it's over and now rehab starts and they take the bandages off, they take the cast off and what do those people gently, tenderly say to you and I? Uh, be careful and let's try to put some weight on it. See how it feels. Go slow. <laughs> this boy ain't walked in his life. He took him by the hand, right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up, stood and walked. Oh, praise his name. You'll get this in a moment. Because right now we're thinking, oh, hallelujah, he's walking. He's walking. And that, that's what we want. Sometimes we pray for physical healing so much, we miss the spiritual thing God has in it all. We want to be healed so much physically, we miss the spiritual plan God has with it. Because here's what I know in today's church. And I, when I say today's church, I'm talking about today's total church. He's now got Jesus. What did Peter give him? He gave him in the name of Jesus. This boy had been outside the temple all of his life. Because of his condition, he couldn't go in the temple. Now, once his legs are whole, he leaps, of course. Notice what he says in verse 10 and they in verse 8, and he leaping up and walked. Could you imagine him for 40 years? Because that's what we find. He's been this, he's over 40. Oh, if I could walk. I'd take off towards the park this Sunday. Well, if I could walk, I'd take the family on a picnic this Sunday. If I could walk, I'd go to another ball game. If I could walk, if I could walk, if I could walk, I'd do this. I'd do if I could walk. Now he's walking. Where does he go? Where does he go? Into the temple where he was excluded from. Now he runs into where he never was permitted physically or spiritually. Now he runs into. How many times have you and I prayed for people for their bodies to be healed? Oh, and they make promises to God and promises to God. God, if you'll heal me this, God, if you'll heal me that, I'll serve you. Oh my He's healed and he can now go anywhere he wants. <laughs> and he entered into the temple walking 
Now let's take it easy on that ankle, boy. You ain't walked in over 40 years. Come on, now let's try those legs out before you. Now they don't get too excited here in the temple. Church, you remember what he's done for you? He leaps and praises God in the temple. And they're not used to this. This, this kind of moving of the spirit on these men in, in this place. And they, the religious people now have attention's been called and they come out to try to see what's going on and they have no idea about what happened. And it, I'll move quickly with this in the very fact that now the religious people are involved in what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. And Peter begins to preach again to now to the religious crowd. It was fine as long as you keep that out there. But now you've brought it in here. And we're just not used to certain kinds of people coming in. And we're not used to different kinds of worship. Now, dear friend, all of worship God is pleased with anything that's done in spirit and in truth. And our worship would always honor him. And now Peter starts preaching again, a message to these people. And he tells them to repent in verse 19. His message hasn't changed. Repent. And now Jesus has been preached to them. And in verse, in chapter four now, as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. As they were preaching, they, these religious people now have come and these Sadducees did not like what was being preached in the temple. Because the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And they did not believe in an afterlife. They were Sadducees. They were sad. You see. Now I'm a glad you see. I hope you are a glad you see. I'm glad I see. I see the light. And these religious people now coming upon them and they lay hands on them. They put them in jail overnight. They don't know what to do with them. They've got a hold of something they don't know what to do. And now Jesus is being preached. He's being taught. He's being lived because there's that poor old boy that was lame from birth. Now, he, he's just a witness because every time the Sadducees or the, 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 the priests would say something, there's that boy over in the corner. Just, he's just, and see, church, people have seen us get over Jesus. They, they've seen us get over Jesus. I pray that we don't get over him. I pray that we don't forget what he's done, that he's the king of kings that he's the Lord of lords, that he's the God almighty. He's the prince of peace. He's the power of the air. He is my God. He's my savior. He's my everything. I want people to know that I've been with him. And when we come to the house of God and we go out, I want people to know that we've been with our Lord. Uh, they see a difference in us. Hallelujah. There's no one like him. So now they're, they trying to figure out, and it comes down to verse number eight of chapter four. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to the rulers, ye people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this eminent man, by what means is he made whole? They could not deny because they've seen this boy crippled all of his life. They could not deny a great work had been done in the name of Jesus. And they could not deny about Peter and John preaching boldly this gospel of Christ. Peter and John 
when we read the verse that they were perceived, that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Peter and John failed early in life in the rabbinic training. That's why they were fishermen. They either didn't have what it took or their family didn't have the money to keep them in the religious training. The crippled man was outside because he was flawed in his physical being. These scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees were self-righteous people. And if you weren't perfect, you couldn't be one of them. So certain people could only go so far and come in for so long. And some were excluded altogether. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the Holy Ghost of God makes it possible for you and for me to go all the way to God ourselves. No man stands between you and me and God. No religion stops me from praying all the way to heaven to touch God and his throne. When we worship, nothing stops you and I from singing to Jesus Christ and the Father above except you and I. When we hold back, we cease to ascend into the heavens and to praise him. That's why, church, no matter what you do in your church, give it all. Give it all. Give it all to him. Don't hold back. That's what this world has done to our, our, our people today. Our people are so busy in everyday life, and it's part of Satan's plan. Because you've got good family members and I've got good family members. You've got good friends and co-workers that, that are good people. But the world has got them so busy that they can't give a week to the house of God. They think. And we're going to miss so much because we give God so little. And there's good people that are missing Christ altogether. And there's so many that have just been religious enough. And they've prayed that simple prayer that made them religious. But dear friend, it's the Holy Spirit of God that makes your life different, makes you different, makes you go all the way with God and keeps you all the way with God. And that's what these religious people had to testify about Peter and John. They could not deny it. They thought Christ is risen. We, we, we thought we killed him. We thought we sealed him in a tomb. We put the big rock, but he's risen like he said. And he's met with his followers. And now he's got these men bold for him. And right when they were talking to Peter and John, thousands more men believed in him, in Christ, because of the message of the risen Lord. And Peter and John, given the great description of the salvation of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, given evidence in their life that they've been with Jesus. And now these religious people have to say it's the truth. And that man that was crippled now has a miraculous miracle in his life they cannot deny. And they have to say, oh no, he's alive. He's alive like he said. And now his followers have him in their life. They have the spirit of God in them. We've got to do something. Because we know, the, we see the boldness of Peter and John. And we perceive now that they, uh, that we know these men. They're unlearned. They were not trained in this stuff. And now, here they are bringing this boy. It shouldn't be in the temple, in the temple with them. And he's over here praising God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that somebody like me could praise God. Because I know what he's done for me. I know what he is every day to me. Every day I get up and have a Lord 
I get up every day and have a king. I get up every day and have a savior. I give up every day and have a God. That is the God. Last year, my family, my sister-in-law and my nephews pitched in and gave me a gift. And they sent it to me in the mail. It was in a card. I opened it up and reading the card and it was a congratulation on being at the church. This was last year. And they give me, I don't know why they did this, but they give me uh, tickets to the Charlotte Hornets game. Never been to a Charlotte Hornets game. Didn't know who the Charlotte Hornets were. <laughs> but that letter, oh, it was, it was the neatest thing, and it was from the Charlotte Hornets. And the more I read it, the more I said, my goodness. And it told me. And it told me what I could do on the computer if I wanted to print out tickets or I could just bring this letter. It would be my tickets also, but I wanted to keep safe tickets. I could do it on the interstate. So, internet. Now, I don't do, I don't do the internet, just interstate or whatever you want to. So, I just kept this beautiful uh, bronze-colored paper stamped seal Charlotte Hornets. It told my, my, my date, the game, the seats, where I'd sit, showed a picture of it, and all that I would get, and it told the price. And I said, oh my. I said, my goodness. How much fish and stuff would this have bought? Well, so I went, I was going to take my son, and he ended up having to work. So at the last minute, I called one of my nephews, the one that was part of this, lined it up. Couldn't have worked out better. He works for the city of Charlotte. You ever go downtown Charlotte, he's in town of all beautification of downtown. You see bushes, you see flowers, you see anything neat downtown, it's because he had a hand in it. Statues, parks. And so I met him at, at his house, and he's going to be the chauffeur. So now we're going downtown where he's at every day. And we're going in streets and out of streets, cutting through this, cutting through alleys, through this way. He knows his way. And we're going down now where all the tall buildings are. And, you know, I'm a redneck looking around like, goodness, look at these buildings. He said, Uncle Scott, quit looking, man. You're acting like you've never been downtown Charlotte. I've never been this downtown. <laughs> and he's driving around, and he, he said, we're going to park over here in this parking garage because we don't get caught by the trolley train when the event lets. And he knows all this stuff. He said, we'll park on the third, the third level because so, it has a restroom on it. And all. It's wonderful to have a guide like that. So we're zipping around. We're almost there. And he said, right there's where Cam Newton lives. And he just points it out. Yeah, of course, we didn't see him. But. And we, we could park, we're going in, I don't I remember, forget the name of the place. Is it the Spectrum? But we go in this place, and thousands of people trying to get in one event. Have you ever been to stuff like that? Oh, my. I'm kind of impatient with things like that. But we walk in, and he says, Uncle Scott, you got the tickets? I said, well, I didn't get the tickets. But I reached in my pocket and I pulled out this, you know, we're in lines with thousands of people. And I, 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 I reach in my pocket and I, I do like this with that bronze colored paper. I do, I got this. And when I did that, this fellow zoomed over to me. He's dressed like security, but it, was a, a, it wasn't a fancy uniform, but he was dressed nicely. And he comes over to me and he says, sir, can I see your paper? And all I did was... But I flashed that bronze letter. And he starts reading and he said, oh, Mr. Butler. Huh. Just follow me. You don't have to go through this line. So he takes us out and all these thousands of people are looking at us. And I just said. <laughs> and I walked with this fellow, me and my nephew. And we walked over. And now there's all these elevators. And so I think, well, this is where we're going he said, no, Mr. Butler, you follow me. We don't use those elevators. We go around the little corner that you don't see an elevator. And, and he 
there's this guy in a uniform with white gloves on and everything, and the elevators had gold doors. And I forget the fellow's name there, but he, this gentleman said, take Mr. Butler and his nephew to the third level. So we get on this big old elevator and we go up three levels, just, just me and my nephew and the driver of the elevator. And we go up three levels and we get off and then there's this pretty little girl and uh, uh, right there waiting on us in a uniform and he introduces us to her and he said, she said, he said, she will just get you anywhere you need to go in the arena. Just look her up. She'll be in your section. So she takes us down to our seats and I'm, yeah, we just keep going to this place, and then me and my nephew has this big old box seat down almost like I could hit the players if I wanted to. But not only in the big old booth, there's a TV right beside where I'm sitting if I want to watch the that close. And then there's a computer for my needs if I need a computer right there with me. And then this, this little girl, she's done handing me a bottled water, and she said, what can I get you? Some, some snacks before the buffet's open. And that girl waited on us just like we were royalty. And then I said, well, what time's that buffet open? She said, it's about 15 more minutes. And I go up there and there's a fellow with one of those big old white hats on. And he carves off some roast beef. I said, a little bit more. <laughs> he said, you tell me when. So I did. And we go back and we, we, we eat and we just had the grandest time. And then I thought, now I know why it cost so much. What it cost God to give me his son to give me his Holy Spirit so that I could be a child of his. What it cost him. I never take it for granted what he paid to get me to be one of his children. That God would send his own son. That Christ would give his own life. That the Holy Spirit would look at me, somebody as a sinner and as vile, Now, I don't know about you, but I believe what this book said about me, that I've sinned and come short of his glory. There's none righteous, no, not one. I believe what this book said about me. So the holy God of heaven would give his son for me. Christ, the righteous son of God, would give his life for me. And then the precious Holy Ghost of God would enter somebody like me to live and to help me live for God. The price that he paid for me. Oh my church, what he done, what he done for me. That's what these men saw when they said there's something in these boys. We know them, they're untrained religiously. They're ignorant to the workings of the temple. And they've done this miracle on this cripple boy. There's something now different. We see their boldness. And all we can say is, they've been with Jesus. You have Jesus Christ in you. I have him in me. Let the boldness of God live out till he takes us home. The Bible says, and one of you quoted it the other night when we were testifying, to be absent from the body is to what? Be present with the Lord. With the Lord. I want you to hang on to that for just, I'm closing right now, with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is going to keep you connected with the Lord. With the Lord. 
So that when you go out of this world, your body dies and is buried, but the Holy Spirit will keep you with Christ and Christ with you. Oh, praise his name. Verse 14 in closing, it says, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against him. Because I became a believer in Christ, I repented and was born again. The Holy Spirit dwells within me. He keeps me sealed till the day of redemption. Jesus said he is the resurrection and the life. My body will die one day, but Christ will live. He is the resurrection and the life. When my body dies, my soul will live because I am in Christ. Christ is the resurrection and the life. The boy standing here in verse 14 and the man which was healed standing with them. Resurrection means a right standing. A right standing. I know we're all excited about our resurrected bodies, but I'm excited about my resurrected life. Because my resurrected life means that because Christ is in me and I'm in Christ, the Holy Spirit has a hold of me that one day when I stand before God, I will have a right standing with God Almighty. And Christ my Lord will be standing right there with me. That is my right standing. And when God looks at me, he'll see his son because I have a right standing because of the Holy Ghost of God. Oh, praise his name. That's why I live for him. That's why I want to serve him. That's why I, I, I want to preach for him. And that's why I want to give him away. I want to give him away. The last devotion my wife and I did together before she died, we were up one morning. She was comprehending all that we talked about, all that we studied. We had had our coffee and our scripture reading and then every morning after we read the Bible and we prayed I'd read a chapter of one of Max Lucado's books and that very morning our last time the scripture was on our heavenly home and it come to this scripture And as much as I was trying my best to keep it together, because I'm talking about a lady that had listened to me preach all these years, a lady that had given her scriptural being, her spiritual life to my teaching and my leading, and I pray I led her right, just like I do all the people that lead, that sit under my preaching. But we come to this final devotion and it says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. She knowing that she only had a few days to live. And we come to this scripture. The dead in Christ will rise. She said, that'll probably be me. And I went on and kept trying to read. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive she said, that'll probably be you. 
will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will ever be with the Lord. It started out, these men had been with Jesus. They're going to end up with Jesus. I pray this week we've been with Jesus. And I pray we all end up one day with Jesus. And I promise to meet you there. And I promise you that we'll wait on you if I get there before you. If you get there before me, wait on us. Jesus said we're coming. The Holy Spirit's in charge of it all. He's going to arrange it and do it. And when we close that devotion, it said, we shall ever be with the Lord. It said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Dear church, are you with Jesus tonight? Are you with him in prayer? Are you really? I mean, you might pray every day and several times a day, but is it doing anything? Is it making a difference in your life? I want to challenge you to slow down and just examine your prayer life. I know you pray. Come on, I know you pray. But I just want to, I just believe the Lord is wanting us as the church to just realize, hey, he knows why we're even on Sunday mornings have a prayer. He knows why we do it. Do we really want to talk to him or are we just going through the motion? And I read recently one fellow said, why don't one Sunday morning we just pray till we make everybody miserable until they meet God in prayer. Because what have we accomplished if we don't meet with Jesus on Sunday morning? I want you to just examine your prayers. And just one day, just take some time and just tell everybody, today's the day. I'm, I'm going to be praying a while. Keep studying the word of God so that it changes you. Not the one you're trying and wanting to change, but it changes you. I know we got people we want saved. We want their lives changed. We want people's lives to be corrected and healed and all these things. But let the word of God change you to have faith to believe they're going to change and God's going to work on it and give you peace about it. Pray, stay in the word. Then I'm going to challenge you to go back and give to your church everything. Give to your fellowship everything. So that when we leave our fellowships, people know that we've been with Jesus. When I have family get-togethers, I want them to know I've been with Jesus. And they're not going to do anything to make me stop being with Jesus. This world will try to get you and your family so busy to take you away from time being with Jesus. But the world will only know the difference if you're with Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me, please? And tonight, and if, if there's music, whatever's going to take place. I want us to not call this meeting to an end. But as we exit to our own fellowships, that people will know we've been with Jesus this week. Not because we're going to brag or do anything. They'll see the power of Christ. 
They'll have to take notice of our boldness and the change in us. They'll have to take notice that, that we're unlearned and ignorant people. But we have the Holy Spirit of God, fresh and anew. And God, our Father, is here tonight to help all of us. Some would look at this meeting and say, well, it's just a few people. But dear friend, that's the way the Lord works. Because there's fellowships and that put on grand events and they want you to come to it. But dear friend, I'd rather meet with a few people that just want to be with Jesus than attend any kind of performance or any kind of concert or play just to have a crowd that doesn't change my life. I'd rather be with people that love Jesus, pray and worship and love each other. There's some heard of this meeting and thought, ah, nothing will happen there. Oh, how wrong they were. But see, that's how people perceive things. And I pray this week tonight that it's been good for you. But I pray right now during this invitation that you'll come and just say, God, I'm, I'm here one more time. And I want people to know I've been with you. I want my life to make a difference. Just by me showing up, people will know I've been with Jesus. People will know that I've been with you. The work that I do for you, people know I've been with Jesus. And when I start talking, they're going to know I've been with Jesus. My work and witness, they're going to know. Father, I pray right now while every head is bowed and every heart is listening to you and to give God praise tonight. If you're a child of God, if you're saved, you know that you're saved and you're a child of the King. And while no one's looking around, I just want you to lift your hand in testimony to him. Yes, I'm saved tonight. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And I lift my hand in praise to the almighty God. And for Christ that saved me and for the Holy Spirit that indwells me, I lift my hand to you, Lord. I put my hand in yours tonight. And I just worship you with extended, lifted hands. Thank you. You can put them down if you want to, or you can lift them if you want to. Oh, hallelujah. Now, dear friend, if you could not raise your hand, I want you to come and meet me right here at this altar and just say, Preacher, I want to be saved tonight. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I've played church. I've done the roles. See, these religious men, they had carried out the temple work for years. They know that 40-year-old boy. Never helped him a time. Maybe throwed some money at him. But when the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, it makes he makes a difference. So tonight, I'd ask you to come. Just come, just all you got to do is preach, I want to be saved. I've never been born again. I don't have the Holy Spirit living in me. I've never been changed. And I want to be with Jesus. You're here tonight as a servant of the Lord. You're saved. You come to this altar and just say, God, I realize that I'm just not as close to you as I used to. It's my fault. I want to be more with you. I want to be with you, Lord. So when that day comes, there'll be no no doubt that I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Carrying a burden, dear friend, you come tonight. May this altar be filled with people that want to be with Jesus. In his holy name we pray and we say amen. Would you stand and come and come quick.
thank you for listening to another message from the pulpit ministry of Main Street Baptist Church in Spindale, North Carolina. I hope that your soul has been edified as a result of hearing the Word of God preached and that God will continue to be glorified in your life as you worship Jesus. If you have any questions about the message you heard today, feel free to uh, check us out online and send an email. You can find us at www.mainstreetspindale.com or you can call us directly at 828-286-2291. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.